What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Leaving the Comfort Zone. Thank you guys for tuning in. Before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to leave your reviews and comment. You can also follow us on Instagram at underscore Leaving the Comfort Zone. If you guys want to show some love and cop some gear, you can catch us at Leaving the Comfort Zone dot store. With that being said, let's get into this. It's your host, Richard Rodriguez with co-host Hector Mom. What up? Today, we got a very special guest, man. Uh, my boy, Trag. Trag, was good? How you been, bro? Hey, it's good. Thanks for having me on, Rich and Hector. For sure. I know, Heck, you know, you known Trag for a couple years now. Um, yes, I've known Trag for pff, like six, seven years now, man. It's five? five? Yeah, yeah, five. Oh, no, man. maybe we're on year six. I think we might be on year six, but uh, me and Trag met back in college, uh, played ball together, um, played some summer ball together as well, and then even lived together for a couple of years and pretty much been family ever since, man. Obviously, appreciate your relationship, your friendship, your brother, always going to be a part of my life. So I'm super excited for you to jump on, man. But for those who may not be familiar with you, Trag, um, can you give like a little background to kind of your story, where you're from and all that? Yeah. Uh Quick story, uh, make it try to make it quick. Basically, yeah, like Rich said, I was I was actually Kyle, uh, Rich's roommate. So at one point he had to share a living space with me. So honestly, I, I connected really well with Rich. I also lived with Manny, his younger brother. So like, those are both my guys. And like being from the Midwest, I'm definitely from Indiana, which is typically people view it as a really conservative Republican state, which it is. It, okay. it really is. Um, but looking at demographics, I just kind of think. You know, we, we, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to get in that, but like, you know how demographics works. You grew up with a certain ideology based on like mm-hmm. your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like for example, there, I didn't have a ton of people of color in my school growing up and like, it's not yeah, that I never man. thought about it, but it's just like, I was there. I am in my own paradigm. Just like, I just got a smile on my face. I'm playing sports. I'm trying my best in school. Like I'm not trying to have a bad day. Like, I don't know. It's not something I think about, you know? Now, for sure, bro. It's definitely cool you hit on that because I did realize that as soon as we moved into the the house, the jungle, what we used to call it, seven or eight. It was eight guys at one point when we started, all from different areas. I mean, we had two guys from Ohio, uh, two guys from New York, you from Indiana, somebody from Illinois, um, one from Jersey, um, Pittsburgh. Like, we were all over the spectrum, bro. So it was really cool to bring all these different backgrounds, different types of people, um, and then just grow together. Because I think your college years are really where you start becoming a man, start maturing, start learning a little bit more about life. Um, so it was pretty cool to be in that house for sure. But Ooh, let's see. When I met Treg, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, uh, Treg got good energy right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell, you know, within the first five minutes that his intentions are pure, right? So his actions come from pure intentions. Um, we, we gravitated, I think, right off the bat within meeting everybody. I probably clicked with Treg the quickest. Mm, um, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Yeah, but um, I clicked with him the quickest, and I'm pretty sure we were having some pretty in-depth conversations um, through, throughout the whole night, talking business, talking religion, just multiple topics. So definitely a dude of depth. Um which I definitely appreciate in this, sh- in this, uh, in this world today. Right. But um, right. I was just going to ask outside of, you know, outside of baseball, outside of like the world that you guys met in, you know, what's something, what's something that makes Treg Treg. That's not, you know, sports. That's not, you know, Treg is Treg. You know, I try not to be boastful, but in high school, I like, you know, what senior superlatives are. Yes, like yes, you get yes. voted on at the end of your graduating your senior year mm-hmm. and I ended up winning like 
like like best smile and like nicest or something stupid like popular or something like that but that was something i never kept in my foresight like when i was in college i realized you know all like being cool is not cool Ooh. it's not even remotely cool like like the way bars already cool <laughs> When you're a young, when you're an adolescent young man or young woman, being cool is like almost being cold. Mm. And for me, I like that wasn't me. Like for me, I was like, man, I want to be warm. Like I want to, I want to, when I walk through the hallways, I want to smile at people or look people in mm. the eye. Like that's how I want to be. That's how I want to build my brand is by looking people in the eyes, smiling at people. And honestly, like, yeah, did I ever have immature moments? Yeah, but I, I didn't try to use my words to break people down with, like, names. Mm -hmm. I just kind of – I guess I kind of just had that because when I was really uh, young, I think I experienced loneliness, as we all do when we start growing away from our mothers or our Thanks. fathers. Once you get that intelligence, you start to grow loneliness. And I think I grew that early, and I didn't want to feel that way, and I didn't want anybody to ever feel uncomfortable around me because mm -hmm. I was, like, an athlete or something. Like, I was cool or popular yeah. like that wasn't the mo i don't know that's all i got for that question okay <laughs> no, well, for sure I'll, I'll definitely agree with you that i think uh on that uh topic that you said that i guess to be cool is to be cold or to be emotionally um unattached like on purpose you know like like mm. choose, choosing to do that because you know it just puts up a facade that you know you're quote unquote hard or nothing affects you you know um, now it's, it's funny. It's funny that you guys both say that because being from Brooklyn, obviously a little bit more aggressive, a, a little more edgier people there. Um, I consider Trey like a, he mentioned, a super nice guy, like always smiling. Now, when I first met Trey, though, Trey, I mean, still very in shape and everything. Trey was a massive dude. Like, I mean, he looked like a linebacker, bro. When he stepped on campus <laughs> at Cincinnati, I was like, holy shit! And this dude was like the nicest guy ever, right? So in the end, I think like super nice people and everything. Obviously, being in the Midwest, we're both from completely different backgrounds but we all clicked like right away um try growing up in indiana i feel like it really brought warmness to our house so overall man a very genuine dude but i was gonna say try compared to indiana when you set foot on at cincinnati and being around a bunch of east coast guys and and guys from ohio how was that culture shock like was it cool was it normal was it a little bit difficult at first like how was that transition uh no dude i was straight up like the most thing that i was most excited for it wasn't even necessarily about like playing baseball it was about like meeting my group of guys who I know are going to be like-minded because they're there to play and become as good as they possibly can be. And they all, everybody has like a like-minded goal. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that I showed up and like all of a sudden I have like three or four or five players of color, like, and I'm experiencing this. I didn't have this before. Especially Dominicans. Before. You ever met a Dominican yeah. before? <laughs> no, that's right. No, that's right. Oh, that's shit. Right. And like, for me, I didn't look at it like, I was weird. Like my character is going to play. I play my character. I play Facts. my part. Like, I try Facts. to play my brand. So like for me, I told you early on in high school, I realized being cool is not it. And looking people in the eyes and smiling at people and being a man, like if someone's got a problem, it's okay to rebuke each other and hold each other accountable, but it's kind of about the tone too. And like, I remember you guys talking about on that podcast as well, but it's definitely a tone. And like, I realized I can use my words to help not correct or discipline my peers, but like, like, for example, I remember early on, I don't remember if you remember this, Rich, but, like, we have a bunch of players of color, and we, we all both know, like, we all know that the N-word is, like, a common use thing that mm -hmm. a black man to greet mm -hmm. a black man or a person of color to greet another person of color. Mm -hmm. And I knew for me or any other white person in this locker room, it don't matter how cool we are, 
Like, even if you're boys, like, maybe it's no big deal. But I kept thinking to myself, man, we're in college. We're here to get educated. And, like, aren't we past, like, using this? If I can't use this, I'm calling you brother, and I'm sweating next to you, and I got so much love behind my eye. I'm thinking to myself, why are we still using this? Why are we using yeah, this? Yeah, is we're all, we all, like, even in Brooklyn, bro, like, that word, I mean, gets tossed, or even till this day, gets tossed around, like, like it's very normal. It's part of our slang a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe in Indiana, being a little bit more south, it's a little bit more aggressive, probably a little bit more um, of, a, of, a, of a red flag when people use it, depending on right. who's, who's saying it. But in, in the East Coast, and probably in the Midwest a little bit more, it was more of, like, a slang term, right? But exactly. you hit it. It's, the locker room was a bunch of different people. I'm obviously very different from you. I've been able to see you grow as a man, like those those four years, uh, five years that we've been around each other. And then transitioning, bro, like I know you played outside of sports, great dude, right? In sports, amazing center fielder, one of the best I ever played with. Um, I know you made a huge transition from college um, to after college, right? I, I believe you continue to play ball and you even went overseas. So I know I, know I personally want to hear a little bit more about that, Hector as well. What was that decision, I mean, to continue playing? I know the goal was always to get drafted and go play pro ball. What was that feeling like when – because I was part of that, that that same year as well where we didn't get drafted. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. didn't happen for us. How was that feeling like How mentally, um, emotionally, your family as well? Like how did, how did that process look for you? Uh, all of us being competitive baseball players and, like, with our mindsets, like, there's no way – we all have, like, a very hard workman mentality, kind of like a blue-collar, like – just get it done. No one's going to outwork me showing up early, being there before everybody else kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. What, what was specifically – what was the specific question you're asking me? So the, that transition, right, like when college was completely over because we had a great experience. When you didn't get drafted, right, uh, what, yeah, what, what yeah, was yeah. that feeling okay. like? Like what was okay. that with okay. your family yeah, emotionally, mentally? Yeah, this disappointment because I like – I knew I had so much in the tank and I just needed that little click. Like I had consistent uh, – I had like – I couldn't be consistently great, but I had so many moments of greatness. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, dang, if I can just maintain it, which is what all the good players do. Like, which right. is what they do day in and day out. But mm-hmm. for that, I was like, you know, I'm going to put my cleats down. I started working. We were mean, all of us boys, like, we graduated at the same time. So we're all competing in the house for, like, getting jobs and stuff. And, like, it was nice. a lot of fun. Even when we were job interviewing. We would, we were so competitive. We were like, oh, what's the salary? Da 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 da. <laughs> what's the benefits? Like, we right. Just, but, uh, yeah, it was disappointing. But like, uh, me and my ex girlfriend in college, I dated her throughout college. I took it really seriously and we split. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, it was a personal decision. I kind of sat there and I, I wasn't miserable, but like, definitely, I felt like I was bleeding out on all my friends and like, Yo, your friends are your friends, but there's only so much you can do. Like, if you're bleeding, eventually people don't like getting blood on, you know? Yeah, I feel like that that year, year and a half for all of us was a lot of changing parts, bro. I mean, like, our it was a complete 180 for a lot of us. Um, mm. Going through similar situation as well, um, breakouts, yeah. whatever, and then sports being over. Um, you picked up – we like, I, kick, I call it corporate. It's really not corporate. We picked up sales jobs, went through that, kind of figured out, like, uh, I like this and uh, I don't like this. Um, what made what was that transition or that thought where it was like, I might not want to continue working this job and go overseas? Like, what, what, where did the idea come from? Where did, where did, what was that motivation? Yeah, so I thought to myself, after my breakup, I said, you know, if I could do anything in the world right now, what would I do? And instantly, my mind kind of took me to this, an actual visual representation of me with like a little bit of facial hair with a hat on. And I was hearing a different language. And like, 
actually this was going on while i was getting dumped like i was getting dumped and I this, like i didn't no longer heard what she was saying like i knew what she was saying and i was like not about it so like my head was somewhere else and i saw that and after i saw that in my head i was like it was solidified i've already seen it facts like, i trusted that internal feeling and like within a month i already moved, i moved back home moved my stuff i moved to germany and I know you're religious. I know you're religious. Do you think that was something like a calling, kind of like a message from God that you needed to be somewhere else? How, how was that? Uh, interesting. I think a lot of people kind of perceive it differently all across the globe, everywhere, mm -hmm. individually. Um, but regardless, the universe is infinite knowledge, and we are not the – we are just the receivers of knowledge. Knowledge is there without the existence of humanity. Like mathematics is always there without humans, you know, solving math. Mathematics is – part of the universal law so for me i do believe that's like that's yahweh in my opinion that's how i that i try to refer to god by his name it's more intimate for me like jehovah okay. jehovah it's more intimate it's a passionate thing but yeah i do kind of looking through like the book of daniel and stuff because i am kind of theological sound i took a bunch of theology classes in college i learned mm -hmm. how to cross analyze data and use different cultures to help use history because history is a a form of scientific evidence is empirical data. Like it's not necessarily empirical where it's numerical, but if there's like dates, kings associated, kingdoms associated, and peer groups talking about a kingdom, and you find archaeology and you find the kingdom and the palace, like you know, that's how Yeah, bro. I know you, you tend to go into like really deep with, with, with some of that stuff so then in regards to when you made the decision like hey i'm going to germany because germany was first for someone who's listening and and doesn't know what that that process is like to go play overseas who might be in college right now with all this coronavirus stuff happening they might not even get another college season they might not never play for in the university again and might possibly consider going overseas what like if you could break it down like a three four step process how did it start how did you get to germany like did you contact somebody did they contact you what does that look like yeah basically uh i pretty much went on instagram i just typed in you went on instagram really yeah oh uh, that's at, like, crazy i looked at like any hashtags i could find about baseball uh asked a couple players that i saw pictures that there were there was hashtags of asked a couple players about the leagues and teams and if they needed any players as fast as i could i signed a contract because i'm i'm like heavy german ancestry my name is treg haverkorn like mm -hmm. my ancestral heritage is is german so i was curious about being american we're like a mesh pot our 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 culture is pop culture mainstream culture that's our culture mm -hmm. yeah our, our identities as from the united states is pop culture trending pushing forward progressionalism we are a, a, a power we're the superpower you know right. what I mean? we're one of the superpowers was it scary at all, like choosing to go no. to Germany, or was it there was no hesitation? Yeah, for me, for me, I just kind of, I kind of went back to the mindset. You know, one thing that gives me on my mindset is I think, you know, death is not my big, my bigger fear. One of my bigger fears is not living. Oh, that's tough. That's facts. Because I know a lot of people would not go overseas just because they're afraid. Maybe they're too attached to their family, or they don't to their friends. Yeah. Or, or, or they don't like plan afterburner. it. It's like, or if it's like an afterburner, like, oh, after I make all this money and I'm retired or once I – and it's always – it kind of becomes like this. And I thought to myself, you know what? You got three things to trade, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Mm. Everybody knows what time is. Your treasure, your treasure is your wealth, obviously. We work our jobs. We have skills that bring us wealth. 
And then our talent, it's what we're like naturally gifted at. And I thought to myself, I have an opportunity. I don't care what kind of league it is. I don't care anything. I want to see Germany. If I can see it for free, I want to go live in Germany for five months and do it for free if I can. So it was a good trade-off. I wasn't scared because in my mind, I do visual practices. Mm. You know what I mean? So like visualization, kind of like, okay. Like baseball, just like baseball. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're, on the, and when you're in the hole and you close your eyes and you already faced the pitcher a couple times, and you know what you got you out on, mm-hmm. and you know what you're hunting, and you visualize yourself making perfect contact, and you can see it go in the gap, and then you get up there and you actually do it, and you're like, holy crap, visualization works. <laughs> same, same thing, same thing with like locations and places. And when you yeah, accomplish, like- accomplish a like a business model, you just you forward think and you see yourself through all the product. Once you visually seen yourself do it, you already know you can do it. Yeah, it's kind of like putting yourself through me- mental repetition. Rep- yeah, mental repetition so that once, like, you're actually there physically, like, where some people might be anxious, um, that kind of anxiousness is already gone because you feel prepared. But um, I have a quick question for you as far as Germany. Did your perception of Germany kind of meet your expectations? Or did it kind of just, like, again, like another paradigm shift, like when you went from Indiana to Cincinnati? Well, that was the cool part, being my first time, like, living somewhere for a period of time. And on top of that, it wasn't my native language. I never even knew, like, any German. I was going to say, how did you communicate out there? Uh, well, luckily, they have a great educational system. Um, their, their, yeah. democracy, <laughs> their, demo- their democracy is relatively new. It was created after World War II. Okay. So, basically, the United States, when we came in, they have a great relationship with Americans. A lot of them uh, speak largely, English? Yeah, young generation, wow. about like about thirty, about thirty down, forty down, pretty much all speak pretty good English. Oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. The that's, older that's generations, surprising. not so much. Mm-hmm. So Damn, like, that's insane. Good man, they got good education. They got great education. I feel like here in the U.S., like it's it's not normal to speak multiple languages, right? Like, and in Germany, yeah, it's kind man. of the norm under thirty. That's insane. I mean, I, I think I think you can find enough uh cases yeah i think you can find enough cases and like people with credible sources to find that like our education system is going downhill yeah i'm not not and how do we fix that like how do we fix that it's not about throwing dollar signs it's about like getting real mentors and like the state maybe stepping back off the gas pedal Mm -hmm. and realize these are educators and maybe they have a different like teaching style that can Mm -hmm. help these kids absorb knowledge because it's not about getting these kids the tools it's about the results. And we see the same thing bleeding into society. That's crazy yeah. that you saw that in Germany. I was going to ask real quick. I know I asked it before. So getting to Germany, right? So you looked, at, you looked it up on Instagram. You messaged a couple of players. You got in contact with a coach. They sent you a contract out. You signed it right away. No hesitation. Now you get to Germany. Do you have like a host family? Do you have an apartment? Yep. Like what? Like I want to get a visualization of how your day-to-day look like out there because it's a completely different country. Yeah, right. So so basically, they I jumped on it right away because I graduated with a sports administration degree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this wasn't like – this is the second best league in Germany, and Germany's not known for being an extremely competitive baseball country. Okay. Yeah. So like, with me not having any uh, minor league affiliation or any credibility coming in, being an import player, basically I had a – I basically came in with a contract saying that I would have a host family, uh, access to a car, public transportation – and they needed help building a baseball and a softball field. So as a sports administration major, 
that was important to try to get that on my resume because that's what I spent a lot of my time doing, helping mm-hmm. build the baseball field. And then I played sports. And then if I could, like, honestly, I would, like, go to the pubs and just experience the culture. Like, that's awesome. Awesome. And, like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you feel like you've developed some relationships where, like, if you go back to Germany, there's definitely already people that you can either, definitely. you know, spend a, spend a week with or kind of experience life again with? Yeah, there was there was two young men that was in my that were like sixteen and fourteen, and both baseball players, both like extremely good athletes. So like it was a lot of fun having younger brothers. I've never had younger brothers, so my host family definitely, my coach and the managers, and everybody affiliated with the the small knit community of our baseball team. Because I was also involved with the youth training mm-hmm. and coaching youth, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I went into like 12 schools and I had to speak in German to like young, young kids and have them throw baseballs at each other with like really? 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it, like the first couple of classes, I was so nervous. I'm like, here <laughs> I am. I don't know any German. Could they tell you're like a foreigner, like from the U.S. and everything? Like, come, yeah, right away? Not by, not by looks. By looks, yeah. everybody says I look German without even, oh, wow. without speaking, I look German. You got a brolic uh, goatee going, so maybe right now for sure. <laughs> but, um, bro, compared to, like, let's say us, right, in Germany, outside of baseball, I know you had a lot of fun playing ball and with the host family and everything. What was, like, the lifestyle out there? Like, okay. I know, what was it, like, the city like? What was it like out there? All right, let me uh, rant for a couple seconds. So I'll try to give you a full layover because <laughs> I know you're interested about the, the, the culture. Uh, for the most part, I feel like, every German was very politically correct and they spoke well and polite. Hmm. They greeted a lot of people. They just recently allowed 1.2 million Syrian refugees. So there was a lot of political talk about the money being spread out and like uh, trying to keep crime because crime does bleed in from a nation coming into a nation Hmm. when they're not properly like there's a citizenship involved for all nations Mm -hmm. pretty much. So when there's not that like slow understanding of an appreciating, understanding the rules and quickly adapting to the language. But most people I met from the Middle East, which was a ton, super intelligent, well-spoken, was interested just as much as about the United States in our viewpoints as like an American would be about an uh, Afghanistan or. Oh, really? Or somebody like somebody we're in conflict with. So they were very accepting to you, like being out there. So accepting. But I think that, like I said, I think that has a lot to do with, uh, you guys talk about energy. And I think, I think being a Christian sometimes, I think people misperceive my energy as being mine. And this is okay. an energy, like, it's, we talk about vessels and it's, it's like, it's an energy that's flowing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's appealing and be able, people are able to communicate. Cause I talk about like, our egos are like the lens. And if the more we practice listening and being from an ep- empathetical uh mindset this is the only mm-hmm. way you can truly listen mm. this is the only mm. way you can truly listen so you got to practice taking that lens off and on because you can only hear and listen if it's coming from a form of empathy like you can listen if you're mad but you're loading up your your bullets you know what I that's mean? a fact mm-hmm. you said you but sound like, like you sound like my well, fiance <laughs> <laughs> hector unload the bullets hector <laughs> In a good, not in a good way, in a good way. So that just reiterates so let me wrap it up real quick. I need to check my ego. <laughs> <laughs> it's a let me try to wrap it up real quick about the culture. So I just touched uh, recently about how the democracy was relatively new. 
The United States was well perceived over there because our, our largest European military bases are in Germany. That's like our main hub. Mm-hmm. And we actually educated their soldiers of war. We took them back to America and we educated them. And then when they came back to their country, they're successful businessmen and women. And like we had a good relationship. We took out Nazism, the actual ideology. And the, we mm-hmm. tried to take that out and remove it to give the democracy a fair chance. So they have a very democratic system, which is good. It's well ran. It gets money out. Every kid, every parent gets $200 for their kid because they, they have enough money. Like they're not. No matter the wealth class, like it doesn't matter, everyone? Every, everyone, every citizen, and maybe even immigrant or work visa, I don't know how it works, but I know every citizen of Germany, they receive about $200 a month per kid. And depending on how many kids, it even increases because they have the slush fund and they have a fresh new democracy that's working uh, at a youthful, growing, economical way. And it's like well held together with, uh, I guess with their ethics, I guess. Um, as far as the people, I had a lot of great conversations. Um, everybody was curious about Trump. The view there about Trump was not very good. Really? Their talks about guns, they couldn't understand why we had guns. They don't and, have uh, them out there? They don't have like concealed carriers or nothing like dude, that? Dude, most no. European nations don't have don't don't like, You see, don't this is why I asked these questions. Like I had no idea. They don't rock with guns like that in on top of that nobody wants a gun and and i kept trying to tell these people i said you know you guys really don't you need to understand our american history or united states history Mm -hmm. to really understand about guns because like you guys make up the handle of a hammer i said the united states is the hammer i said nobody's going to war with anybody in europe yeah it won't happen i said because you know what you guys are the handle you guys gonna live in a society without guns and and not not many homicides i said that's Mm -hmm. nice but i said all of your na- rival neighbors or anybody who had ill interest against you, they can't do anything and they won't do anything because the United States won't let that. United Nations, it just won't, wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of so, and kind of going off of... Pretty much that's like, all I got about Germany unless there's something specific. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what, did, didn't you Great hop... Great people. Great time. After Germany, did you hop to, was it Australia for yeah. a little while? How long were you in Germany again, Trey? Five months. Wow. Dang, that's like that half a months? year. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. I pretty much, I pretty much spent 2019 only two months in the United States. That's awesome. Goals. So it was a great experience. It was great. It was humbling. It was awesome. That's what. And what part of Germany did you stay at? So I was in Mainz. Mainz. Frankfurt. Frankfurt is one of their bigger cities or well-known cities. It's a very big. Uh, banking city, so like they got skylines, beautiful next to the water. Like it kind of reminds me of. So it wasn't like industrial or country. It was like very city, very sleek, like very really? sleek, very designer, kind of not bougie, but like mm-hmm. it, it would just have good infrastructure, clean so infrastructure. You would definitely recommend it for someone who is looking to play overseas out there. Um, it just kind of depends your competitiveness, like what what you're going into it. Like okay. I had no expectations going into it. I just wanted to experience Germany and kind of like get where some of my roots are from because they got great mm. castles. Like we got to think some of the best physicians were came out of Germany. Some of the best archaeologists were Germans. Like the Ger- the Germans are low key a really smart people. Like mm-hmm. they always have been. Like mm-hmm. you look at World War One and Two. There's a lot of horrendous things that happened. But there's some serious genius of organizational skills, 
being uh, self-sufficient within their own nations. Like, it didn't make sense how Germany just kind of reemerged after World War One, in my opinion. I'm like, how did we just let that slip under our tongues? Mm-hmm. For real. How but would you say people, they don't have that? None of that. None of that. Like race. I'm sure there's stuff that exists in every nook and cranny of everywhere. But like, as far as like, honestly, is a topic they they choose not to really talk about. They. Will I would hope so. There's an <laughs> obligation to it, but it's like it's one of those things. Like, with their new democracy, they're very proud of their nation, and they don't have that. They don't have a lot of violent culture. They're very. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was a very intellectual uh, place. So wow. it sounded like you had a really good experience. Um, how how do you feel like it changed you as a person, like as a human? What did you learn from Germany? What did you take away? Uh, it was mostly about myself, what I have the ability to do. Um, okay. Like traveling on the trains by yourself when everything's being spoken in German and you're buying stuff. And like I went when I was living in Germany, that's when I traveled to Paris. I slept on the streets of Paris one night. Like that's a different what story. What the but. fuck? <laughs> this is the story that I want. <laughs> <laughs> you sleeping on the streets, you guys? What's going on, man? Oh man, that's it crazy. Was, it was late at night, and I was mm-hmm. having a great experience. And I knew I was looking for a purple door, and all the streets just started to look the same. And I, <laughs> I couldn't find any purple doors, and my phone died, and it was late. And I just, the book was trying. This is, sounds like Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's man. Well, that's I, was just doing, I was just doing the sightseeing i went to austria um went to paris went to london during this time frame and then i just when i went to australia i was 30 i was about 30 minutes north of sydney australia their capital so mm-hmm. next to the coast next to their water and did you I, go from germany to australia did you come back to pretty, the u.s pretty much yeah i worked for about two months okay doing concrete just quick labor work because there's high turnover rate in the labor industry so it's not like i'm getting trained and someone's investing money mm-hmm. and there's time in me just for me to like walk out i don't like that so you went back but, to uh, indiana for like two months yeah about two or three okay. months yep and i negotiated wow. another contract and i just hopped on it they were halfway through the season they just lost some former mlb hitter who was on his last leg because he had a couple knee surgeries and decided to get back into things and I guess he left, and they needed a. They were in a bind, and luckily I got picked up, and it all worked out. And yeah, I, man, it sounds like things just work out for you. That's well, awesome. that's what I'm saying. It's kind of a, what's that? It's not a stoicism, but the ability to keep like a neutral mindset, like being very present. Mm-hmm. Kind being of, very yeah. present. Has you're just living in the frequency you're supposed to be living in, bro. Yeah. Okay, Rich. <laughs> but how was um how was Australia like compared to Germany? What was different? Um, what was the lifestyle out there? How was baseball out there? How were the people? Yeah, b- baseball is a lot of fun. Um, they have a club system, so like the practices aren't like America. We don't practice. They didn't practice five days a week. They had games just on the weekends, typically one weeknight game, a few like just very very uh laid back. Commitment. Okay. Yeah, laid back. Definitely small, smaller commitments compared to like college ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like the people out there, it was extremely regulated, in my opinion. Oh, really? Um. Yeah. Just like they always, they could catch you on a, they can catch you speeding anytime, anywhere. They get your stuff in the mail. Like you have basically your your learners, what it's called, like a learners. So if you're a young driver. 
you have like two years and you can't make one driving mistake or you lose your license for a year and you you're in this learner stage for like two years and i'm like wow. what yeah so That's... like i just thought it was really regulated they had like they had like what's called a not closed door but around like 11 30 they don't let new people come into bars so like your bars are pretty much your it's called shut in rule or shut sh lockdown or lock in rule. Sounds like COVID nineteen. <laughs> but they're just doing that. They're just doing that for like sakes of fighting and stuff. I guess like mm -hmm. oh wow. I don't know. It just was like one person died and everything snapped. Like everything shipped. Like all right now. now so they're more on like the cautious up. side, like very protective, very ruled. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, like. Yeah. Gotcha. So Germany was more great free. People. Great people. Great people everywhere you yeah. go. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Mostly location, though. Location was beautiful. My I was going to say, what part in Australia were you in again? Uh, it's called Manly. Manly, Australia, which is a beautiful beach location. I wasn't specifically on the beach, but I spent my fair share there as much as I could. Damn, that's fire. That's yeah, it awesome. was a good time. I got a quick question for you as far as um, do you feel like do you feel like growing at let's say just growing up or going through um, college like before you traveled overseas do you feel like um, living in the states there was a certain perception of those of those countries that let's say are painted here that either matched what it was like going overseas or let's say it just didn't match. Does that, does yeah. that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it does. I'd say the only perception I've ever had going into a country, like for example, Germany, you think as Americans, we think world war one, world war two, it's just kind of a natural. Yeah. Natural yeah exactly. exactly. So I didn't see anything associated with like anything evil or vile mm -hmm. or, I didn't see it in Australia. It's not like I thought everything was gonna kill me over there, like a bug or a spider, or like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like kangaroos everywhere and shit. I was twitchy at first. I still am was twitchy. So that was my only perception going in. As far as that, I think it takes away from the whole whole experience if you go in with an expectation. That's mm -hmm. facts. Yeah. So like and I think the other countries, you know, yo. We are we are it, boy. Everything on the radios in different countries are American pop songs, are American music styles. Even in Germany, like every every three stations is English music. Our mm. movies, our Netflix series, like our influence is best. I was gonna say I like I like obviously a little bit of fashion. Do they dress pretty American? Like how's the style no. out there? How's no. the food out there? No, blue jeans ain't it. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Blue jeans are not it. What? That's yeah. interesting. That was I in Germany or both? Both Australia and Germany? Kind of kind of Europe. This mostly kind of a Europe. Like blue jeans are in some places, but like I just noticed like blue jeans aren't really it. <laughs> like Levi's, nice pair of Levi's, like <laughs> I don't Get this know. guy out of here. <laughs> so, I, so. I, like, I was always double thinking. I was like, man, do I really wear these jeans out? Like Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's normal jeans in my mind, but bro, you sounded like me when I first moved out here to Orlando. Um, I was with a couple of friends, and we went out the first weekend. We were here, um, during the day, like got a drink during the day, whatever. And then we ended up being out later than we were supposed to, and we went out to like this kind of club bar during the day, club during the night. Um, and they had a promoter on a mic, like on the on like a stage slash slash like um table, whatever. 
and he on the mic goes, um, are you guys wearing shorts? <laughs> like, looking at us directly. <laughs> we're like, yeah, man, we were day drinking or whatever. And, like, on the mic, the whole place could hear. He goes, yeah, these guys aren't from Orlando. You do not wear shorts downtown at night. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the whole place started laughing. It was hilarious. It was mad embarrassing, obviously. So I never wore shorts again during the nighttime. Yeah, wow. Uh, they got to you, Rich. You yeah, let them facts. get to you? Yeah, bro, they got me. <laughs> but no, man, you being um and back to it. Um, uh, you've been you were to, you went to Germany, you went to Australia. Um, before those two places, obviously your friend group, we had an idea of who you were. After those two places, was it the same track? Is it a different track? Did it open up your mind? How did you transition after those two places? Would you say? I don't know. I'm kind of one of those, one of those people. I don't give myself credit. A lot of credit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I think every do every day is like new life, man. Like if you live your life in, in intervals of twenty four hours, man, you have an ability to really have a positive mindset. Be like, we slowly rewire our minds a little different. Facts. Like because situations, man. Like I really like that stoicism, Marcus Aurelius. Like you really got that going in my mind for me when we lived together mm-hmm. it talked about you know situations things people all these things are happening to us and will happen to us but like our perceptual experience is everything so like basically what we're feeding our subconscious thoughts like our music who we're hanging out with what we're consuming and reading what we're what we're listening to on the radio literally correlates with how you react to things in person with situations and that's the only way I can put it. Like, so just kind of with that mindset, 24 hour day is my life. That's Damn. how I'm made. Clean. That's how I'm made clean in my mind. Like, cause you know, not, not every day I'm over here. I got some scheming agenda. I'm waking up. I'm, I'm just trying to breathe in the fresh air, like look in the sunshine, kind of have these meditative prayers of these thoughts, this positive self-talk. And then if I have a good or perfect day, I come home, I get a workout in or something hang out with a close friend, I walk my dog, and then I go to sleep. And I'm like, man, I didn't cause nobody harm today. Like, Simple life, man. Simple, simple life, life, it sounds like, right? Yeah, That's one so thing I, I've noticed. When I've, when I've been to visit Trey in Indiana to your lake house and everything, everything's just so simple. Nobody complicates anything. They're just the simple things make everybody happy. Just like a beer by the lake, a little bit of jet ski, a little bit of boat here and there. But just being by the water, just hanging out, everybody's super happy out there, bro. You don't have your phone that often either. Yeah, man. It's there's, just there's, very... There's, there's no need to complicate it, bro, because life, mm-hmm. sim- life is simple. We make it complicated. I love that he brought up stoicism because that's, that's a lot of um, what the foundation of my mindset is. Um, you know, just reading books like um, "The Obstacles Away." That's a you know, fire book. E- ego is the ego is the enemy, um, and that's all written by my favorite author Ryan Holiday. Um, but he quotes a lot of Marcus Aurelius, and and just adding on top of what you're saying, just to give someone some information a little bit more about that. Um, when how you said how things and events happen to us, Stoicism talks about. Things that happen are just things. Events are just events. Like the mm. me, the meaning that you attach to it is completely your choice, right? Yeah. So even if something te- like the event happens is terrible, the meaning that you accept is the choice that you know that you're now making, right? So if now you choose to suffer because of that, 
that is completely your choice. And like you said, it wraps into what you fed your mindset to now think that it could be something that could cause suffering instead of looking at it as something that could actually be the path that you're supposed to walk down or, or grow mm-hmm. through. Right. Um, but I just, I just wanted to throw that in there because I was, I was surprised that you dropped, you dropped stoicism. I had no idea that that's something that has impacted you. But. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, uh, you know, I give my dad a lot of credit, you know, uh, he's a, he's a fourth grade teacher. When I was young, I had a miserable time reading. I just was one of the lowest readers like growing up and it got to a point during the summertime, he would make me sit on his lap or just sit and read out loud to him about 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day. Cause he was a teacher. So mm-hmm. summer I was a little kid. So like the time I was in fifth grade, I had like a 12th grade reading level. Like my grammar ain't good. Like I can't, but my conceptualization process was there. It's cause I had to like yeah. read out loud. So like, I didn't have Wi-Fi. We had like farmers five, which is like five stations. So like mm-hmm. I grew up crunching books. I would take, Oh, I'm not supposed to say this, but I used to take <laughs> all my friends, my friends, like, they're called ARs, like accelerated reading tests on the internet. Yeah. Like computer, you have to get points. I don't know if you guys did that or not. No, I never heard Basically, of it. It's like comprehensive. It's just comprehensive testing over books. Gotcha. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I used to take my buddy. I used to take all my buddies' tests for money. I used to hustle. That's <laughs> funny. But I just kind of grew up. I, I'm thankful because then I, I grew up, and I, I think Rich can testify for this, like, well, my free time, I wasn't really messing around with watching TV shows or stuff. We, none of us were. I mean, you, mm-hmm. motiv- you motivated me when you were first conceptualizing the idea of leaving the comfort zone. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly oh, the mindset and the dynamic we had. And I just noticed you only attract like-minded people. The rest is just fat. You got to learn how to cut it. You don't, mm-hmm. say no. you don't say no to nobody. Like, but if you had to rebuke, rebuke one of your friends multiple times, the Bible says, like, you know, start to have nothing to do with them. That doesn't mean you have to be mean or rude. or It just means, like, yo, you just – if you have to rebuke somebody so often, maybe it's not your friend. Maybe it's not so like-minded. Maybe that's just your peer. It's all right. But, like, ultimately, you're trying to gravitate towards people that are ringing at your frequencies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of want to take – just to backtrack a little bit, you said you were, you know – you were crushing books and even in college you weren't one to really watch so much you know watch so much entertainment yeah Yeah, entertainment right and that's what our culture is now and you know just have you have a foundation of crushing books and having books be your source of information your source of knowledge right that's how you that's how you fed your mind and now with the internet and social media like information is spreads like wildfire right so we i feel like that gap of where everyone used to get their information from books right from credible sources right from from authors that took the time that dedicated you know a year maybe three years five years sometimes their whole life sometimes their whole life just to write one book right now Mm -hmm. we have information spreading so fast but i think the danger about that is that you know, maybe if misinformation, yes, yeah, right. So in 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 college, let's say you you know you're writing papers, they tell you you obviously can't write a paper off of some article that you just googled. Like it needs to be peer reviewed. It needs mm-hmm. to be right. They want you to use credible sources, but then it's like at least what I took from that is like okay, well now I'm out of college. I know how to vet 
the information that I'm receiving. And cross-analyzing is a big one too. Like cross-analyzing, multiple sources are saying the same things or something similar. That's what gives a good credibility. Exactly. And then kind of the point that I want to get to is, is where do you think as let's say from your, your perspective, your perception, um, do you think the level of critical thinking and cross-referencing and vetting the information is there from let's say our society in general because like if you my personal opinion is if you don't and you don't have the you don't critically think or critically question the information that you're receiving you never really validate if it's true or not interesting really interesting and i think we talked earlier about that lens i think so imagine our spirit some people call it your penal gland. Some people call it your Christendom, your whatever. We'll just say somewhere in your mind. We'll say third eye or something like that. You got your spirit and then you got your ego. And we talked about lenses earlier, like removing those lenses, taking yeah. those lenses on off. Ultimately, like, it's just about every event or situation or anything that's being published is just a dot. But, like, we got to find out how all these dots line up because all these dots are purposely being thrown out there in every different direction. Like there's so much going on. I don't know. Like you talked about social media and it's being spread on the telecommunications. We're kind of what, 10 years in 15, 20 years into social media platforms. So it's all relatively a new idea, yeah. but uh, we think about new things. And right now I think, I think we have big issues moving forward as humanity not just Americans, as humanity with Silicon Valley conglomerate companies like Google, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, because we're seeing censorship of, we're seeing censorship of ideologies and just ideals and something, a difference of opinion. And then like, I don't know, man, I don't know if you hear about these pedophilia stuff, but like, you know, Bill Gates has got these royalties involved with Google and like mm-hmm. some of these sites, he's got these fact checkers and things, but like we're finding out now this man's been to that island of Jeffrey Epstein. If you don't know anything about Jeffrey Epstein, he's that billion dollar Gatsby figure that was floating around Hollywood and politics and international politics and had properties here and here and here. And it's just like you start seeing things line up. Like you're starting to see all these dots line up. And like whether you choose to like look at these dots or not, or disqualify a dot per se like if you i'm always i'm a big believer in you know don't don't just discredit something push something to the side because maybe that piece belongs to the puzzle sometime afterwards i believe that with religion different theology Mm. different cultural experiences you don't discredit a piece i was gonna sit at that time a hundred percent a hundred i was gonna say bro since the day i've since the day i've met treg Treg has always, he mentioned reading a bunch when he was younger, has always been pushing the limits in regards to information, questioning everything, whether it's religion, whether it's the figures that are leading our country, whether it's um, people around us, like always seeking more information and, and again, cross-checking what's factual, what's nonsense. Let me, let me study this for a couple months and then let me study this. Let me put it together, see what I get out of it. Where's that mentality trade come from? That, that seeking the knowledge, that seeking – because I see you on Instagram actively posting a bunch of information. I just want to break it down real quick. Too. What the heck's that all about? <laughs> I don't even got followers like that. So I know like it's, I it's, it's extremely – what I call it brave to constantly be seeking 
the truth, right? So constantly seeking more information. What drives you? Why? Because the average person our age isn't doing this. They're not seeking a bunch of information. They're not going into the Bible. They're not going into these old readings, these older books that were centuries ago and like looking for information and data to, to give you your opinion, to give you your perspective. Where does that come from? Uh, interesting. This is going to be uh, really parted. So uh, first off, I think it started when I was young and I told, we talked about that loneliness feeling. All individuals, once they separate from their mothers or they come to uh, intellectual awareness about reality, mm -hmm. the first thing they experience is loneliness. So whether you had parents or mentors, or maybe you have the ability yourself to like cope with things in a positive way, it could be either positive or negative. But um, as, as I was young, I just felt this loneliness. And I was like, what the heck's all the point of everything? What's the point? What's the point? And I started looking into like history and like, you know looking up stuff on youtube about like where did man arrive derive from and i see science and I, I know what science is saying i've been just got out of college after spending 22 years in educate or 20 20 years in education i know what science is saying to me and uh and then i have religion here on one side many there's i feel like there's an institutional war going on with like religion and science it's never like it's never made to like coexist yeah. So I started putting pieces together for myself. And the first thing I wanted to know, I wanted to understand is, you know, the further we go back in history, like we see this societies like Egypt, everybody knows about Egypt and the pyramids. And there's some, uh, there's, uh, what is it called? Uh, conspiracies about stuff. But you go further back than them, you got ancient Samaria, who was influenced by the Samaria or by Egypt. The Egyptians were influenced by the Sumerians. That's, Mesopotamia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Baghdad area. Yeah. And that's like the Fertile Crescent. And that's like, we're talking early, early. And the further we go back, we can only translate. We found like something like 3 million tablets from this culture, the Sumerian culture. And we only can translate what the Greeks had translated of the Sumerian language. So like all of our artifacts are translations and we use some of the letterings and like are able to decode some things now, but like, we still, for the longest time, I don't think even now we can fully understand their language. It's the most sophisticated and advanced. So like I went, the further I went back, I thought, you know what? The further we go back in history, how come we don't see any like cave paintings of man turning into monkey or anything? We see these like really advanced hieroglyphs, understanding mm -hmm. of architecture, science, mathematics, physics, just, just everything. And it just kind of blew my mind. I, it felt like, I think we're missing something. Why isn't history important anymore? Why aren't we learning these things in school? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we're missing something. My, my answer to that is if you know your history, you know your future. And, and uh, I don't think they want us to know what direction that they're, we're heading in, to be honest. Who, who not, to, not, not to be, not to be Heck, dark and not to be depressing. but So you've been they, questioning the educational system since a young age, Trek, pretty much? Uh, basically I remember reading, you know, right now we talked about Silicon Valley. If you're still using Google for your research, you really don't know a lot about social media algorithms, forums, and our impulse decisions are usually about like what, four to eight seconds. Mm -hmm. So you're not most of the time not getting past the first page on a Google search. Our company's got, goal you know, is to get you on the first page of Google. <laughs> 
duck, 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 go, or use a, a less uh, manipulated. That's the only word I got for it. Less manipulated yeah. forums. Yeah, because I, I think I think it's good to shine light on on um one one we we spoke about misinformation, right? We even I feel like we even hopped a little um and talked about and talked about censorship um and the the we're we're telling people please think critically when it comes to accepting information, right? So even if you know teachers ask us to do it with a paper, right? So I encourage people to do it when people are, you know, you see movements going on, you see this going on, you know, like, and I, it's, I see how fast people accept information nowadays without even making it credible because Which like, I'm guilty of that as well. Like, I think we oh, all of are. Course, of course, of course, of course, we, we, we all are. Um, but do you think it's a possibility that let's say, information that they don't want people to be known are being censored because like obviously it's good to it's good to let's say for let's say the government or even even like facebook and google if something truly is false you know and to let's say let's just say remove it right if something is completely you know deep but do you think that it's possible, right, with these big tech companies, with let's say a country or just globally, that that they use misinformation like to push an agenda or to like push a society. Taking somewhere. our data, taking data, collecting data, reselling it to third party marketing systems. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like like yeah, like I believe that a hundred percent and I think the fact there's a lack of belief in that, I'm like, wow, you really like, uh, what's been going on? Like people, how do you not paying attention to that? Cause like Google and Facebook and stuff, they've been getting fined for a long time, but like these companies mm-hmm. are the like mono- different type of monopolies. Like we've never had monopolies kind of like some of these companies and they're mm-hmm. conglomerates. So like they're branch, they're so large individually. Like they're also a branch to a whole. Yeah. And it's, there's CIA involvement and they're just like, there's lucrative things going on. And the fact that like, if we don't want to look into the scary stuff, then don't be the first one to denounce it either. Like we got to, there's a pick and choose. Like, so it's really hard because I feel like as a free thinking generation, after us, they're born with cell phones in their hands now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their conceptualization process, the ability to read a book and actually conceptualize and get imagery, stimulated imagery is being affected by screens because you're having images being created for you. And it creates that it's the subconscious. I think we're losing what's called a Christendom. Like some people, some people call it a penal gland. Some people Mm -hmm. call it a third eye. But it's that ability to use your your stimulate your brain with visual images like such as meditating. A, yeah. a western practice never mm-hmm. east uh, that's an eastern practice i apologize that's not western that's mm-hmm. the opposite of western we're go 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 don't stop don't breathe yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm glad i'm glad that you said that because you know um <clears throat> i i myself am a believer believer of god i myself see myself as a child of god and i truly believe that mm. i that we're made in his image and if we're made in his image, then to me, I believe that that the human beings 
are meant to be creators. Bingo. Right? So bingo. Because only our words we can create it with our words. Exactly. And it comes into reality. Exactly. And 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 even before words, it might start with a thought or a picture. So now if you're always being fed videos, you're always being fed this, you're always being fed that, you're now no you're no longer working that muscle. Right. So if you no yes. longer if you no longer do bicep curls, you can't expect your biceps to grow. They're, the muscles are going to deteriorate. Right. And I think that's where we're moving towards, because like you said, we're being fed all these super funny videos. The content is fucking great. It's addicting. Great. Too. It's, it's, it's addicting. No, it's, it's fucking yeah. great. Right. And and I don't think that we have the conversations of like, hmm, because it's true. Let's say Google Google uses my data it collects it probably has every single search that i've done on google whatever i've done that's connected to google they have right so if i search something about a specific topic it's gonna feed me what i think i want to see already like the it's gonna con- yeah like advertising like yeah yeah so and even um even even beyond that if based on the data let's say it believes your Republican, you're more conservative, even when you do searches, it's going to feed you things to continue to feed the belief that they think you already have. So like, so some search engines aren't even allowing you to receive information to keep you open minded. It's, it's, it's feeding you information to, to keep the belief that you have. Right. So, I mean, I, I love that we're having this conversation. I love that this is, this is just us scratching the surface of it. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's it's very important just to you know even if someone doesn't like what they're hearing, like if you do your own research, you you're gonna see that it's out there. And if you don't like it, you know that's fine. But you cannot accept it. And if you choose to ignore it, that's a hundred percent your choice. But then it also comes down to the fact that where do we move as a society, right? Because you're gonna have three groups. You're gonna have the people who at one don't care, right? You're going to have the people that do care. They want to fight for our, you know, our freedoms, right? That's how this country was founded. And yep. then you have, you have the group in the middle, right? So you got the people that blatantly just don't care. You got the people that do care and fight for it. And then you got the people in the middle, right? Who, for lack of better terms, let's just say they're numb to it. Yeah. That's right? a great so, way to put it. So, so if we're even, let's say we jump into religious a little bit, right? my now again this is my perception right if you believe in let's say a devil or something completely opposite to god if you're already in agreement he's not going to pay you no mind if you're already in agreement with his ways because his job is to to deteriorate your relationship with god right so why would he spend time investing into his own followers yeah. Or, people, or people that are already do it. Let's say if they don't even know that they're followers, they're, if they're already doing things that that strength. Let's say let's just say for lack of a better term, strengthen their relationship with him due to due to habits, due to whatever. So now I think it leaves that middle ground because to me his job is just to deception and confusion. He doesn't. I want to solidify himself, something. I want to solidify something you just said. And uh, if you want to finish, you can. You definitely oh, go, can. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Um, I think that people need to be very aware that there are groups of wealthy people who do meet together. It's not 
it's not anything crazy. Like there's all mm -hmm. types of businesses and business groups who meet as well, organizational structures, but there's also, there's some, I think there's eerie stuff going on. And if I'll just bring one example into it, Mount Hernan, Mount Hernan is, uh, it's biblical. Mount Hernan is in the middle East. It's mm -hmm. on the 33 degree line on the horizontal plane. Mm -hmm. But on that same plane is ancient ba Babylon. Like you keep going past it. It's like Disneyland. You keep going past it. It's like Roswell, New Mexico, alien crash site. Like, mm -hmm. like th there's, there's things that astronomically are being built and stuff. So like, I think there's a correlation to reality and what we're seeing in religious texts. Like we think of 33 degree Masons, 33, a third of the angels fell out of heaven. That's 33.3. Yeah, we're talking. We're talking about a lot of stuff like dots match up, and people, if one don't dot don't match, they it's a cancel culture right now. Like it's, mm. it's you yeah. can't just put you can't push something to side. Like no, they didn't form me because I'm not in a neutral mindset. I can't I can't listen right now. I can't perceive because my my ego. I can feel it being affected. And everybody's got it. Everybody's got ego. Hundred percent. Yeah. But like right now, we should be listening to each other. This is the biggest time we should be listening. We got COVID going on. We got race wars going on. We got cities burning. We got people dying. We got people being mistreated. We got people being exploited. And on top of that, we got a lot of enemies. And there's an informational warfare going on, in my opinion. We can't, have one of the strong, we can't have one of the strongest nations, but have one of the weakest publishings. Because mm. <clears throat> that's, what, that's, what, that's who we're supposed to be holding our government accountable. And that's who's supposed to be holding these corporations who get bailed out and bailed out and bailed out. What do you mean? They got no slush fund? Like, what's going on? I understand they got to keep the economy afloat, but like, man, there's so much stuff going on. I think people are just, they don't want to just push the dot aside. They'll maybe later connect things for them. They just want to discredit it. So it's just pushing them further away from maybe some reality if you're perceiving everything on your own knowledge, which is hard because that's what reality is that we seem, but I think Nikola Tesla, like we look at scientists or who are the real deal and they always talk about, you know, information is like, is a gift. Yeah. When you seek it, you receive it. Mm -hmm. If some I people agree. aren't seeking, if they're not seeking and it's always filling up with entertainment, man, what kind of favors are you doing yourself? I was going to say, it's almost like, and I, and I credit you for this. It's a very brave thing to do to seek this knowledge. It's almost like you're going against the grain, right? Cause the average person isn't seeking this information. When you go on social media, I know you're very active on Instagram, let's say one platform and, and posting a lot of information on your stories and sharing. Um, you see the analytics of people who are watching, people who aren't watching. There's a group of people who are going to be like Hector said, they're already swayed one way. So they might not pay attention to it. There, there's some that are in between. Um, and then there's some that are all about it. So like they tune in hundred percent. It's extremely brave for you, bro, to share some of that information and then be okay with whatever response comes out of it. Right. You're actively seeking some of this stuff. How do you feel about the people who might be, looking at it and then completely brushing it away there's some that are paying attention to it because i know me personally i i tune in to as much as i can i know there's a lot but i try to keep up right now there's a group of people that are just gonna be like whoa this is way too much this is like not right at all i'm not gonna even look at into it at all i'm just gonna brush it away how does that make you feel as someone who's always constantly looking for the answers right now honestly i just feel like it's like a compound effect i feel like i got a responsibility as as somebody who 
you know, we talk about this race thing. I think one thing of all people can acknowledge and identify that the Constitution, whether it's slaves that unwillingly spent blood in this nation, building this nation, or mm -hmm. or the northern citizens of the United States who fought against their s southern brothers and sisters of their own mother nation mm -hmm. and fought for the slavery, I said, regardless, I said, there's something there. We all spent a lot of blood on there. And it's men. Abraham Lincoln said it. We don't have the right to overthrow the Constitution because it was, it was really intelligent, well-designed, beautiful piece of writing. It was beautiful mm -hmm. piece of writing, but we we have the right to overthrow those who pervert it. And I think right now, I think you we're seeing the mo the biggest perversion of our Constitution. We've had Abraham Lincoln within the last few months being perverted on national television mm -hmm. about statues being ripped down and just. It's Abraham Lincoln. He took a bullet for the cause. Mm -hmm. At one point, that dude held, held the weight of the world. And I get there's, we talk about the economical things that the North was going to lose maybe without freeing slaves to help eradicate it, to help fight and have more resources and more people. I get it, but you're taking away a whole lot of credit of regular common man fighting for, people don't fight for money usually. They fight for something they really believe in. I think ultimately a lot of people believed in a new free world that America is so good right now. I mean, right now, there's so much disinformation and, and hatred for each other. And that's kind of a reflection from with the inside looking out. Because, you know, if you got a lot of good things going on inside of your heart, it produces good fruit. And it, it, it comes, when you look at people, when you look them in the eyes, when you ask them hard questions, when you have hard conversations, if you're not having hard conversations right now, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice as Americans. If you're not leaving the comfort zone right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think we have to be leaving the comfort zone right now. We have to. We have to be. Yeah, you don't you don't grow without it and and it's it's sad. It's sad like that we're at a point where people are trading in their comforts. They're trading in their freedom for comfort. Mm. You know, right? And it <clears throat> it it happens not not to go into deep with it, right? But 9/11 happens and what? Now people allow more um like they allow probably let's say as far as they can go with security right you have the patriot act right now they could push security because let's say how, how am i going to word this there's professional um, things that occur after something significant like that yes yes but are those and, significant and, things being planned but, out and plotted. But it's it's our responsibility to make sure that what's being pushed and at that moment doesn't revoke any of our freedoms mm. right because in those moments yeah where panic is high yeah COVID-19 yeah like should people are dying out here but are you like for example are we gonna accept mandated maxi vaccines right I think that's crazy talk because if there's no ability to have right of refusal like there's no such thing as liberty or freedom it doesn't exactly. even make sense yeah, no it, it, it definitely it definitely does um it's only then, logical like it's just logical i don't understand like how how's your debates but if you're but if you're operating like you you have the ability to operate out of your out of your um foundational principles and morals right whereas if somebody lost somebody let's say somebody lost somebody in COVID-19 oh yeah they're not they're not operating they're not operating out of that that detachment from the emotion 
and yeah. I, and and that that one that goes back to critically thinking two it goes back to um practicing that right <clears throat> so if we're all making decisions out of this state of fear that has come from let's say this pandemic as a as a society if we're not aware of it we don't have the eq we don't have the discipline we can now by accident without even knowing trade in our freedoms for some comfort it's literally already happening i mean yeah. we're not even we, we there was cur- there was curfews here in florida there are certain places that are shut down we can't even go into places where we can all collectively group up and talk to each other there's only a certain amount of people allowed in a restaurant six feet apart from each other there's like it's like just very low key right now just sliding in like all these rules all this stuff anti-freedom as you're mentioning but what i want to ask treg was um with all this information that you're being exposed to right i think a lot more people just need to open up their mind to how Hector's also mentioning it, is just doing some research, right? Like, question what's going on. I mean, is like it how really... Are things being presented to the public versus when you're doing empirical or analyzing things, how would you look at it? Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, exactly. Like, how would you present something to somebody? And it's a tough, it's a tough situation we're in because as Hector said, they might not be aware or they're not removing their emotion from it we're being censored. So it's almost like it's almost planned for certain people that are in between the gray area to not even be exposed to some of the right information that we might be exposed to because we're digging in and doing some of the research. But then, it, yeah. yeah. And then, then you, it, that leads to more questions as to like, well, if it's true and there's facts to check it, then why is it being censored? You know, who's censoring mm-hmm. it? Who's paying for people to censor it, right? Okay. Like th- those are the questions that <clears throat> continue to lead onto that. But then at the same time, we got to be a realistic. A lot of people our age, a lot of people, period, don't give a fuck about that. They'll take their they, stimulus they, check and chill. <laughs> they one, they don't care about it because one, they blatantly don't care, or two, like if someone has, if someone has let's say they're drowning in their own problems. Like you're not focused on anything except survival. Yeah. Right. So how, so how can you care about giving up your freedoms, giving up, giving up your freedoms? How can you care about where the country's headed? How could you care about other people if you're drowning? And right. And then the question comes like, you know, are we being set up for success? Right. So like, like you, like you said, because there, there could be a difference in, let's just say you travel to Germany, right? How, how are their youth being put through education? How are they preparing their citizens for success? Are we being prepared for success? You know, if we are, how are we doing that? If we're not, why aren't we? Why isn't our, you know, you feel me? Like that's critical thinking like that. That's what you're taught in. That's what you're supposed to be taught in school. But yeah. <laughs> And I feel like if we just do that more, right, in your starting your own life, like no one's saying like go for government, but if you do that in your own life, like you're going to get the answers yourself that you seek. Yeah, no, it's like law, it's like law of attraction. I recommend everybody to at least read that because like that right there is the uh, move in itself. And it comes from an old historical artifacts, right? <laughs> doesn't it isn't right. it like the emerald tablets or something yeah mm-hmm. like babylonian or something like literally right out of history you know 
we talked about Nazis and we talked about Germany and we talked about that, like, but we looked at the sophistication of the warfare technology they were bringing out back, back in World War One, World War Two, out of nowhere. What were they doing? Looking back. Yeah. What, are, what, what piece of the puzzle were Alexandria was burnt down. Imagine how much knowledge we'd have. That knowledge would have been, would have never been shared with common man, though. Look at the Vatican. It might as well be Alexander the Great with knowledge and ancient texts. Guess what? Not open to the public, though. That, uh -huh. That's our collective of knowledge and infinite wisdom. Like, you know, people want to debate that there's no God. I think it's, that's probably the dumbest thing you can say, and I'll tell you exactly why. You could be the smartest man on earth, have the highest IQ, and you still know 0.0001% of all possible information and knowledge. It's, it's infinite, too. Like, that's just being nice. The more you that's learn. That's being nice. Everything yeah. follows a law of ordinances. You wouldn't think chaos would create order. Well, it doesn't. Never. We never see this in science, really. Mm -hmm. We usually see order creates order, pattern creates pattern. And essentially, things are mathematics. It's just like coding, zeros and ones, zeros and ones. Everything's mm -hmm. measurable. You know, we have enough energy in us. We have so much energy in us, like, we have more energy in our bodies just sitting here at rest than it does a, probably a car battery. Uh -huh. Like that energy can't be destroyed based on science. I love using science to back my faith as well. I love it. Absolutely love doing it. A hundred percent. We're missing something. A hundred percent. And missing something. And you mentioned the missing something part. And and I hear you talk, and I know, and I see on your social media is how active you are searching all this information. I've known you for a couple of years. You're always actively searching in our history books and all that. You're very spiritual as well. You're very you strong faith. Um, with everything that's going on, with all this information, all this information stuff, all these religious religious battles. Um, currently right now, where do you stand? How do you feel about everything that's going on? What keeps you at peace of mind? I know we hit on that a, a couple of weeks back. Um, how are you still able to be happy knowing all this information? And, and like, man, I got to ask, cause like, you know, a lot, right? Some people call it conspiracy theory. Some people call it is actually happening. Some people are realizing and are open to it, but how are you track someone who is actively knowing all this information? Um, right or wrong, I don't agree with everything you say. I don't disagree with everything you say. We all have our own opinions, our own perspectives. But I'm still curious to see how you go day to day with a smile, bro, and, and still glow like you're glowing. I I want everybody on here to answer that question. I just <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Mine's quick. Mine's quick. Uh, you know, the Bible says 365 times not to have fear. And mm. if I truly, if I truly believe that there's only one death but eternal life man it's only one death i only got to do that one time you know what i mean it's only once the bible's been telling me not to have fear so like some people think it's cocky i just think it's self-confident what mm. what the heck do i have to lose like every person you could ever meet ever is like going to a beach and just taking your two fingers and pinching sand and sprinkling it out that's like our morality like those are the people you'll ever meet so like we're supposed to be learning to each other, learning. We're supposed to be impacting others. So, like, for me, I mean, I don't got to change anything knowing, like, maybe something bad is really about to happen or something. We're going to have to experience something on a, a big scale as Americans or maybe even globally. Who knows? But for me, I think, you know, I'm told not to have fear. And what does that look like? Me not being afraid of death. That's the only way I can truly put it. That's a great now, answer. Granted, I got death looking at me in my face. I'll have those natural, chemical, biological responses. But in my head, in my 24 hours of life, 
one day is a lifetime. I try to keep it in that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sun up and we got sundown. Yeah. That's you know, like as a Christian, it's hard. Like being a 24, 25 year old man, like you try not to exploit God. Mm-hmm. You don't want to exploit God. So it's like a careful, like, I know I'm not supposed to talk about this, but people are more comfortable talking about aliens right now than aliens. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. Well, they both wouldn't be from our genetic composition on earth. Like we are consistent with all the elements on earth is consistent with us on our bodies. These things, these aliens, angels, demons, entities, interdimensional beings, they're still not going to be us. That's a fact. That's true. So people are yeah. more interested, you know, like religions, like the hands off topic right now, because science is hammered into us. Like if you truly knew knowledge, if you truly know science, if you know what's being taught in industries, religion's dead. We made it up in our heads a long time ago. But dot 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 dot. The lowercase G's gave our ancestors this in Africa and Mesopotamia area. And these people weren't claiming the credit for themselves. They kept trying to point somewhere else. Like, nah, we didn't know this wasn't That's awesome. Rich, what's I I got a lot to take away personally from your answer, Trek. So I definitely appreciate you being have being bold enough to be transparent and sharing that. Um, Rich, what, what would what would your answer to that be? Because you're you're a pretty positive, positive dude. So yeah, I try my best, man. Um, Trek hit it on the nose. Honestly, um, I consider myself pretty spiritual as well. Um, I'm able to go day to day, man, just knowing that I'm constantly putting in my best effort to become the best version of myself. That way I impact those around me and protect those ones around me. Right. I can't change the world, but I can change those who live with me, my friend group. Um, I can help them out as much as I can. Um, so how does that look? That's me evolving every day. A little example is me being like in a fucking boxing class right now. It's a little, it's for fun. Right. But I'm learning a defense strategy, defense technique. It just because I have to protect somebody. So if something down the road does come about, right. Um, getting your concealed and carry that type of stuff. We don't have as much power in that perspective as we think. But we do have the power to every day get better because you never know what's on the other side. You know what I mean? Um, that's what holds me together. Spiritual man, I know there's there's a, there's something out there that's extremely powerful, that's extremely giving. The energy that I have, the thoughts that I have, the motivation, the drive that I have doesn't just come from me because I grew up with people who don't have some of the similar things. You know what I mean? I think that was a gift that was given to me by someone higher up above me. So to be like, ah, that stuff doesn't exist is completely ludicrous to me personally. Um, but what drives me every day, man, is just trying to be the best version of myself and genuinely appreciating the simple things around me. That was a very long answer for the question. Oh, that's but, great. No, that's but, fine. That's great. But, but because if you let the negativity around us, which is 99% of the shit that's on social media, the shit that's on the news, if you let that at all pierce your armor, bro, and your soul and your spirit and your heart, um, it's very easy to get distracted and be negative and I try to avoid those things. I try to actually seek the information, try to better myself and just love others the way I love me, bro. And I love me a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) facts, facts, bro. All right, Kanye. (laughs) uh, Where are you at though? Where are you? I guess just to, to add another uh, layer on top of what you guys are saying, as far as how I continue to stay positive, um, you know, there's always going to be negative, right? Mm-hmm. You stop, you stop 
tending your garden, weeds grow automatically. And, and I think what we can do as people is just, the only thing we can really do is dilute, right? Is dilute the negative. Negative things are going to continue to happen to us always and always and always and always. Even if you just look, even if you just look at if, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of, of Jesus, even if you just look at his life, his life or is the Abrahamic t- religions, like any of the Abrahamic religions or any religion, honestly, that's yeah, speaking. Yeah. And it's, it's like, for me, like what, even just what I get from that is the fact that life events are always going to check you. And <clears throat> so what I do is, I try to dilute the negative. Now that's what I listen to. That's what I read. That's the people I associate with. Um, as far as, as far as spiritually, you know, um, I'm, I'm happy that I, I would say for the past few years, I have been disconnected. And, and for the past few months, I've, I've honestly turned that around and, and put some habits into place that have been strengthening my relationship, you know, strengthening my relationship with God through, through Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that because I've experienced, I've experienced things that have given me confirmation. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and when, same. I feel when, that. When you have, when you have that, no one can take that from you. It's a, per, it's a personal experience. So the, the fact that like even through like this pandemic, there's been, I think I spoke about it on the last episode um, where I felt like he did give me a piece of his peace. And even though it was five seconds, 10 seconds, it was enough for me to grab onto and ex- and experiencing that in the world that we live was to me was the confirmation. But as far as how I keep positive it to me, it's in my potential. It's, mm. it's, 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 it's being in the constant pursuit of your own potential. You know, you're, you're the sculptor and the sculpture, right. At the same time. And <clears throat> it might be painful, but there's, there's, there's positivity in the end result. And, That's a fact. Damn. And, my, and my end goal, my end goal, right. Because I truly believe that I am not, I'm not my body, right? I'm not my flesh. And if you look at it in terms of energy, if energy never if energy never disappears, then let's say when I die, then then there's to me there's life beyond this yep. physical. Right? Yep. So my goal is, you know, when it does come for my turn to judgment, like I want the words, you know, you've done well, my faithful servant, and not not like, like the visual that I have, like, and I thank Ed Milet for this, because if you ever hear him speak about this, it is, it is so dope. And he says, the one thing that I do not want to happen that fills me up and fuels me up is that if I die and I get to heaven and God goes, this is what you were supposed to be. Mm, you feel me? Shit. So, so like, I try to hold that visual in my life and like, that that just fuels me to to chip away at my potential it's not it's not, i'm not going to make leaps and bounds every day like you said every day every day is a new life so if every day you chip away then then to me to me the commitment to chipping away is exactly what brings me my positivity because i'm making that choice when it is a choice every day so uh i want to cut in real quick uh 
not really expecting to get in too much religion tonight. It seemed like all of us kind of got into spirituality, so it all affects our mindsets, which I think there's a lot of positive attributes to be associated with all forms of religious practices, whether it's meditation or Facts. whatever it is. But just to sum it up, we all kind of seem like we come from a Christian, at least a standpoint. It doesn't matter what nomination, but it kind of all seem like we have some influence there. And just for any of the listeners, I just want to read a few things. What the premise of the Christian testimony of Jesus Christ is really about. And it's one, pray for each other. Two, forgive each other. Three, carry each other's burdens. Four, be devoted to one another. And number five, accept one another. That's it. Mm, I appreciate that, bro. That number five really stood out to me because it's like accept one another. Like we're, we have influences from, from different areas, obviously. You said Christian. Um, Hector, I don't know what, what your stand is on that, but I'm very mm -hmm. open-minded. I just say I'm spiritual because I've done my research in multiple different religions, and I agree with multiple religions. I, yeah. I, I think Thanks. they all stem from the same background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool, man. I appreciate, Trey, always. I know you're super brave with the information you got. I know we only scratched the surface of the stuff that you have potential to talk about. Man, mm -hmm. I'd love, I'm, I'm definitely going to bring you on another time. Um, Hector, I appreciate you, bro, opening up. That was awesome as well, man. I hope that the information that we put out today, someone's able to grab it and, and, and learn from it and grow from it because that's always the goal. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, that's really all for me. Heck, if you have something else, bro, you can go ahead. But I'm I'm blown away by some of the information that Trego always shares. Every time I talk to this man, it's, it's amazing, for real. No, he does his due diligence, man, and I, I appreciate the effort that you put into your passions. Um, that's that's all I have to say. I know we went a lot deeper than what we expected today, but but hey, There's always there. do, right? Yeah, I always do, guys. It's a lot of fun for sure, Trey. But before we we jump off, um, so, so plug in your information. So someone who listens to this and is more interested and curious, uh, what's your Instagram? Like, are you just only on Instagram? Do you have any other stuff that you're on usually? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm on Instagram for a little bit longer. Uh, my at name is just my name, and it, my name's spelled exactly how it sounds. It's Treg. What a T. <laughs> yeah, Treg, like Greg with the T, Treg. <laughs> and it's Habricorn, uh, the corn parts with the K, but like, it's just my name if you want to hop on. I, I put some stuff that's uncomfortable up there all the time because I'm trying to have uncomfortable conversations every day. Because I think those, I think it's rare for those who allow themselves to be consumed by things that are bigger than them. Oof. That's a fact, bro. No, definitely. So, so it's, yeah. it's at Treg, T R E G, Habricorn, H A B E R K O R N, correct? Yeah, thanks for the love. Appreciate it. Nah, for sure, bro. We appreciate you jumping on, Treg, man. Continue to be you, being great. Um, and I'm excited about the next time we go around for sure, because I know there's a lot more. <laughs> I know there's a lot more, bro. Hey, appreciate it. I've always uh, looked forward to an opportunity like this. So thank you, guys. Absolutely, man. Thanks for joining us. That's all from me, guys. Y'all do salve. It's a wrap. Peace. Thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed that last episode. In order to stay tuned and keep up with the Leading the Comfort Zone family, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as follow us on IG. That's underscore Leaving the Comfort Zone.